go ahead and turn in your Bibles, if you have them, to Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. If you'd also like to look up Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, that's another passage we'll be touching on, but our main teaching is in Exodus there, chapter 20, verse 12. Jesus, God the Son incarnate, went to the cross, and there he honored his mother. (laughs) Probably not what you thought I was going to say, huh? It's true. I want to show you. I mean, now the most important thing Jesus did on the cross is he went there as a sinless substitute to bear the weight of our sins, to pay the punishment we deserve, that we might have forgiveness and a renewed relationship with God forever. But on the cross, Jesus did honor his mother. It's, it's crazy. Uh, it's in uh, John uh, chapter 19. John chapter 19, and this is, in the midst of Jesus has been, you know, uh, gone through this mock trial, this fake trial. He's been beaten. He's been spit on. He's been mocked. He's had a crown of thorns on his head. He's been nailed to the cross. He's been hanging there. The sky has turned black, which was a sign of the judgment of God. And while he's hanging there on the cross, this is what it says. John nineteen twenty five to 27. Standing by the cross of Jesus was his mother. When Jesus saw his mother and John standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, John, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, that is breathtaking. This is one of the most if not the most horrific time in human history that God, the creator, the glorious king of all the universe is being crucified on the cross. And it's also the, one, the, the most beautiful moment in human history that God is taking the punishment for his people upon himself rather than pouring it out on them. And, and Jesus would have been going through what we might only call unbearable pain and agony, physical, mental, and spiritual. Yet in that time, Jesus honored his mother. He knew that he would be departing from this earth, that he was, he was going to die shortly. That's actually what happens in the very next section of John. He, he, he says, it is finished, and then he bows his head and gives up his spirit. And yet one of his final actions before his, uh, his death on the cross was to honor his mother. You say, well, why did Jesus do that? Why, why was that so important to Jesus that in his time of, of greatest trial, he turns and honors his mother? Well, I would say Jesus certainly did this out of love and compassion for his mother. Zero doubt. I'm positive that Jesus did this out of an overflow of love and compassion for his mother. But I think there's actually something even bigger 
in play here. Jesus was honoring his mother in obedience to the fifth commandment. And so we read today our passage on this Mother's Day, Exodus 20, verse 12. This is the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments. God says, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. God audibly spoke this command from Mount Sinai to the congregation of Israel. It was written down by Moses. It was passed down generation to generation and it did come to Jesus, who, who growing up would have been a little Jewish boy learning the Ten Commandments while also being God in the flesh. It is mind-boggling. <laughs> but Jesus did walk in obedience to this command his whole life from his earliest days to his last days on this earth. Jesus honored his mother. It was passed down to him and he obeyed it. He knew these were the words of his father his heavenly father, that is. And now this commandment has been passed down to us. And the question is, will we walk in the footsteps of Jesus? Will we honor our father and mother in obedience to this fifth commandment? Now, last week, if you were here, <clears throat> there, was, there was a part one to this sermon. I knew Mother's Day was coming, so I, I kind of was, you know, saving <laughs> this particular one for today. And so we looked at the parental uh, dimension to this command because in Ephesians 6, 4, uh, Paul uh, in verses 2 and 3 says, uh, honor your father and mother. And so he quotes that fifth commandment. And then he says the parental dimension, the parental responsibility, Ephesians 6, 4, fathers or parents do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so Paul's saying, don't put an unnecessary stumbling block in front of your children and their obedience to God and their obedience to this command. We're not to provoke them to anger. I want to just remind you, if I didn't say it well last week, it doesn't mean your kids will never be angry at you. They will be angry at you, but it means you don't provoke them to anger by your sin. And that, that was the parental responsibility, the, the parental dimension of this fifth commandment that we see clearly in the New Testament. But this week, we do want to look at the most obvious implication of this command, that it is to children and how they are to relate to their parents. Honor your father and mother. It seems fitting once again to look at this passage on Mother's Day as we seek to, to honor our moms. Seek to honor those who, who raised us. Seek to honor those who have cared for us all these years. But I wonder how many of us take this commandment seriously. We live in a day and age that uh, has all but put this command completely aside. I wonder how many of us understand what this command means for our, our lives, for the, the ways we speak and the ways we act towards our parents. And I wonder how many of us believe that because we had terrible parents or even mildly imperfect parents that this command must not apply to us. These are the truths 
we will be uncovering from God's word today. So let's again go ahead and seek the Lord in prayer. Father God, we do desire to obey you. We desire to honor you and we desire to find our deep delight and joy in you, God. And that doesn't happen apart from obedience. And so God, would you please help us to do these things, to learn from your word, to learn how to apply your word in the name of Jesus, our savior, amen. So what can we learn from this fifth commandment? We need to understand it clearly. We need to understand how it applies to us. We need to understand its implications for us. But I, I kind of want to start just at the most basic level because again, I believe it is a common misconception in our day that parents should be honored if they have earned our honor. If they have performed correctly, performed well as a parent, then we honor them. I'm about to give you a point, but as, as I read, uh, was preparing this point, um, I, it's just, a, it's a bit heavy. And so I wanna, before I even get into the point, just ask you, is God good? Is God good? Does God love you more than you could even love yourself? Are God's commands good, including this fifth commandment? Okay. Here is point number one that we just need to see at the outset from this uh, fifth commandment. Number one, honor is owed, not earned. Honor is owed to our parents. That is, it, it is something that is deserved apart from their earning it, apart from their performance. It is owed because God has ordered it. He has commanded it. Simple as that. Again, I, I, I don't want to be too hard on this, but I take God's commands very seriously. And so we read here, honor your father and mother. And, and I, you say, well, where do you see this, that, that it's, it's owed, not earned? Well, I see it in what the verse does not say and what the command does not say. It does not say honor your father and mother if. There is no if. There is no qualification for the parent earning the honor. It is owed. It does not say honor your father and mother if they've done a good job parenting you, if they're good people, or if you think they are honorable. It simply says, and I say it, the command, rather God simply says, honor your father and mother. It is interesting when we think about uh, honor in the Bible uh, there are times, and it's a beautiful thing, when we honor people for things that they have done. And, and it really is good. It is commendable to honor the beautiful things that have done. I think about honoring our veterans and the way they have served our country. I think about honoring people when they've done some heroic or selfless sacrificial deed. But that is not the main grounds for honor in the Bible. Rather, honor... The grounds for honor is based on the honor God has endued, God has placed upon that person. Just bear with me here, but every single human is to be honored. I don't, I don't want to take away from the honoring of father and mother being a particular 
uh, type of honor, but every single human is to be honored without ever doing anything. Why? Because they are made in the image and likeness of God, and therefore they deserve honor and respect that is fitting someone made in the image of God. You think about government. Romans 13 talks very clearly that, that we are to honor those who, are, who govern over us. Does that mean they're all great people? They certainly weren't in his day. Rather, it was, uh, he makes it clear in Romans 13 that God has put them in that position of authority and irrespective of their performance, irrespective of what we think about them, we honor them. It's an honor of position that God has put them in that position. And this is what we see with parents in the Bible because there is no qualifier. There is no if statement. God has put parents over, positionally over their children. And God has said, honor your father and mother. Now, again, I want to say this because I don't want this to be, uh, you know, too depressing. Um, like as we think about parents unworthy of honor. I, I hope and I, I really know that a, a lot of the parents that you have had are deserving of great honor. We've already talked about it this morning. They brought you into this world. You are still alive today. That means they've done an all right job. And many of you have had so much more. Parents who lived sacrificially for you over and over again. Parents who poured into you over and over again. And again, that type of honor is good and we should honor them for those things that they have done but what, I, what I'm showing you here is that honor in the most basic sense of this fifth commandment is owed, not earned. It is commanded, not something that we, we wait for them to do something in order for us to respond. We live in a day that is so focused on rights rather than responsibility. And when I say rights, I put that in quotation marks. We say this is, this is uh, honestly, this is a ploy of Satan uh, these days. Satan and in this sinful world uh, that we live in say, children, if you don't like the commands of your parents, then simply disobey and defy them. That's your right. You're you. You, you don't have to worry about them. I mean, you, you think I'm being uh, overstated here. This is absolutely what our culture is pushing right now. You don't see many conformists in the Disney movies, do you? They're all rebels. <laughs> this, this is how it goes. Uh, and don't, anyways, there's an agenda behind all that. Uh, but you, you think about this, parents, uh, with, with parents, the world is saying, if your parents have let you down, then you have the right to let them down. And heaven forbid, if your parents have sinned against you, then you have the right to be angry and bitter and malicious towards them. You have the right. What's wrong with that, though, is it fails to recognize responsibility. God, now I'm not saying rights don't exist. They do. But God, in his word, points our attention not continually to our rights, but to our responsibilities before him. Imagine a world where husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. 
whether or not the wife is perfectly submitting. I think of Ephesians 5 there. You know, he's, well, she's not being submissive, so I'm not going to love her. No, it is your responsibility to lay down your life for her. Don't worry about your rights. Oh, she's supposed to submit. I mean, you, you could take this ad infinitum to all of our different relationships. I deserve for them to treat me better. Look, it's not your rights that you need to be concerned with. It's your responsibilities before God and before other people. That is the type of relationships and even society that will flourish. Think about how many marriages you've seen break down, how many families you've seen torn apart because people were focused on their rights rather than their responsibilities. I've done it. I, I mean, I, I've caused great trouble in my marriage because I say, I don't deserve this, rather than thinking, how am I supposed to respond in this moment? How am I supposed to love and lay down my life? God has commanded such a world where husbands love their wives like Christ loved the church, where we, we seek the interests of others, not only the interests of ourselves, where, where we consider others more significant than ourselves. God has commanded that type of world, but it is not the one we live in. But we are to be different than the world around us. We are to look at our responsibilities rather than our rights. This is the world that God desires for us. And so again, I don't want to be insensitive here, but some of us, we, we feel like we are excused from obeying this command because our parents weren't perfect. But, but you say, okay, you say my parents weren't perfect. You're making a small thing. You don't know what my parents were like. But I, I, I'm saying I, I get it. It's, I, I didn't experience it, but I understand that your parents may have been very mean and unloving towards you. They may have sinned against you in many ways. They may have been abusive both verbally and physically towards you. And that is no small thing. I am not making light of that sin. But what I am saying is you still have this responsibility before God. Because honor is owed, not earned. It is not based upon their performance, but on God commanding it. This is the starting place. This puts us all on an even playing field today that all of us need to understand and apply this commandment in our lives. And, and again, here's what I want to mention here, uh, just because I don't want it to get too sidetracked on that type of thing, because not all of us had that bad experience. If honor is owed even to the worst of parents, how much more so should we honor those who did a wonderful job? <laughs> I mean, th th I, want, I want to get that across to you. If you'd say, yeah, my parents weren't perfect, but they were pretty great, honestly, you know, then honor them, honor them. Like just it's, give them the owed as well as the earned honor. And that's a beautiful thing in God's sight. This is good Again, I, I, God is good. These, this command is not meant to hurt you, even if you've been hurt by your parents. And even if, if this doesn't feel like a good thing for you, I promise you it is. It is God's command to all people to honor your father and mother. There is no if statement. So I hope because of God's love for us, because of what Christ has done for us, changing us and making us new, I hope that all of us want to obey this command now because we recognize it applies to us. So that leaves us with the question, but what does that look like? How do I honor my father and mother? I want to give you this next point. 
Honor includes attitudes and actions. I have to kind of boil it down, you know, just to, to the most pure concentration of this is what it will look like in your life. I don't know your situation. I don't know your relationships, even your age and all of those things will make a big difference in what it looks like to honor your father and mother. But it all boils down to both your attitudes and your actions will be that of honor towards your parents. Again, some of you youngsters, you know, you're still under your parents' roof and, and that will look different than it looks like for myself as a, a married person. And you, you can go all the way on up to some of you, you know, your parents have already passed away and, and you know, what does that look like? And so I, I wanna do my best here to try to uh, give some practical applications of what it looks like for both our attitudes and actions to be honoring of our parents. And so you'll just kind of have to, to listen in and some will apply to you, some will not. This uh, first attitude and action is the attitude of submission, which should naturally lead to the action of obedience, submission and obedience. Now, I, I do want to say here, uh, the command to obey father and mother, which by the way, we see in Ephesians uh, 6, 1 and 2, tied to this uh, fifth commandment, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, honor your father and mother. So it's pretty clear that that is an implication of what it looks like to honor father and mother. Um, but without going into too much detail, I, I don't want you to feel like that if you are uh, 40 years old and married with your own children, that you still have to obey every word and whim of your parents. It is not so. Uh, the, the, the last little bit of Genesis chapter 2 says that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. What that means is, by the way, when Moses wrote that, that doesn't mean they were actually physically leaving. They usually stayed, if not within the same dwelling, but on the same little plot of land. So it's not talking about a physical leaving, leave and cleave uh, there it is talking about that you are leaving their absolute parental authority over you and you are cleaving to your wife and starting your own family unit there. And so that's one implication that we see from God's word right in the second chapter of the Bible, uh, that this submission and obedience is not uh, to, to the end of our days necessarily in, in the sense that it is when we're a child. Uh, also, I, again, I feel like I'm, I don't want to uh, lead you down a rabbit trail, but in Mark 3, Jesus' mother wants him to come out, and he doesn't. He's not defiant. He's not mean. He's not belligerent about it. Uh, but he says, who is my mother? <laughs> you know, who, who are my brothers and sisters? He, he knows that he's doing the work God wants him to do. And so at that age, somewhere in his uh, early 30s, he recognizes, I'm not under the absolute authority of my mother. I'm still going to honor her. But that doesn't always look like obeying every whim of the parents. Okay, so that's, that's the later phase, but we do need to focus in. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the command of God. This is the responsibility that all children who are under their parents' roof, under their parental authority, must obey 
in obedience to God. Do you notice that? Honor, or sorry, obey your parents in the Lord. What that's saying is when you obey your parents, what you are doing is obeying the Lord God. And what's the flip side of that? You disobey your parents, you are disobeying God. You dishonor your parents, you are dishonoring God. Now, I want to talk about this for a moment, though. There is, uh, as I mentioned a moment ago, there is the action of obedience. But as every parent knows, and I, I suppose every kid knows as well, there is more to honoring father and mother than just the act of obedience, isn't there? Can we obey and yet still dishonor our parents? Absolutely. I've done it a thousand times as a kid growing up. I mean, you know, that you say, fine. You go sulking, you go complaining, griping about what they've commanded you to do. There is an attitude of honor, this, this submission under our parents, glad submission under our parents that is commensurate, that is connected to these actions of obedience. Uh, many of you, I think we all sort of have a similar saying. You've probably heard it, obey right away, all the way. And I say it this way, in cheerfully, all the way, or right away, all the way in cheerfully. I say that because my kids like Chick-fil-A and they think it's funny, or at least I do, I don't know. But th this is what it is, we, we obey right away. You hear me, kids? I, I, I was not great at this. I wish I had done better before the Lord. You obey immediately. And then you do it all the way. You, you truly obey all that they said, whether they're looking or whether they're not, you obey and you do it cheerfully. <laughs> it's hard to say that without smiling. Um, it, it's an attitude. It's an attitude of honor that we must have toward our parents, young, young people. Are you doing that, young people? Are you obeying right away, all the way, and with a, a happy, cheerful, honoring attitude? This is what God has called you to do. This is your responsibility before God in this phase of life. You might think your parents' rules are stupid. Cool. There will come a day when you are, are outside of that absolute parental authority. But for now, your responsibility before God is to obey and to obey with an honoring attitude. All right, this, this next one should apply to uh, a broader audience. The attitude is a desire to learn. The action is listening. It's funny, I mean, I, I look back now and it's just so foolish. Uh, that, that growing up, you just think you know so much better than your parents. Like, I, I know better how my life should go at 12 years old, at 15 years old, at 18 years, at 20 years. I mean, like, it's dumb. <laughs> Quite honestly, God has put parents in our lives as those who have been learning and gaining wisdom and gaining experience for a lot longer than you. I mean, biologically, it is impossible that you are older than your parents. <laughs> I mean, and so in general, that means they have had more time to learn, gain wisdom, and see 
life experience, the consequences of actions, and they can now pass along that knowledge. Uh, there, there's, there's a saying, a smart person learns from their own mistakes, but the truly wise person learns from others' mistakes. And so it is with parents. We can learn from the good things that they've, they've done and tried. And they say, I did this and it was great for me. And, and you know, uh, and this is how you should do it. Or they can be like, you know, I did this and it was just a really dumb move. And, and we should learn from both. Rather than do what so many of us foolishly do is go out and try to reinvent the wheel every time. And guess what? You are going to fail over and over and over again in areas that you could have just learned from your parents. And so this is what God has done. I, I think about the way um, the, 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 this proverb says it. Uh, Proverbs chapter one, verses eight and nine, he says, hear my son or daughter, hear my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. So, so hear your father's instruction, uh, forsake not your mother's teaching because they will make you beautiful. That, that's what it's saying there, like a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. What your parents can, can add to your knowledge and add to your wisdom and the mistakes they can keep you from will keep your life far more beautiful than it would be if we just ignore our parents. I'll tell you, um, just uh, my, my wife and I, we are in real estate investing. That's kind of my, my, the other thing that I do. Uh, to be able to, you know, be pastoring at this church. And um, every single time I call my dad, he's not a real estate investor. He owns a print shop. Um, but every single time I call my dad and, and, and I show him the house that we're looking at and, you know, our, our, our little business plan on that one or how we're going to do it. And, and I, I, I listen and I, I, I try to learn from him. I mean, we've done this a lot of times. You, you, I, I don't know. I, I think about with my mother, you know, on Mother's Day, um, my mom has been working in children's ministry for, for many, many years at, at her church. And she's been a, a school teacher basically since I've been alive as an art teacher. And so when it comes to parenting and even children's ministry stuff at this church, I call my mom. I've, I've done it dozens of times since I've been at this church. I call my mom for advice. It doesn't mean I always take it. But it means I, I want to learn from her. I want to learn uh, the wisdom she's gained and the mistakes maybe she's made or seen others make. And I, my, my prayer is that, that by doing that, by honoring my mother, uh, that God is, is making it a beautification for my life, that it's keeping me uh, from making big, big mistakes. And so I, I just ask you, children of all ages, are you honoring your father and mother in this way, with a desire to learn from them in, in listening ears, right? They say there's a difference between hearing, uh, between listening and hearing, like hearing, yeah, pass through one ear and out the other, but listen, you're really, you want to hear what they have to say. You're rolling it through your brain. You're taking it in. You know, I, I, again, I think about this. It's humbling um, because we grew up saying, I know better than you, it's humbling then now to come to our parents and ask their opinion and ask for advice. It's humbling, I, I get it, but it's also honoring. I can tell you now, as long as you take their advice and, and don't say, that's dumb, as long as you take it well, 
they're going to have a smile on their face. If it's not on their face, it's on their heart. I'm telling you, they will love it uh, if you ask them for their, their input for your life because they'll say, I, I have value to add to my child. And I'd say that's one very practical way to honor our parents in a very biblical way as well. All right, this next one we already saw with, uh, with Jesus there is an attitude, this is towards our parents, an attitude of compassion that leads to actions of care. We, we have compassion for them. We desire their greatest good. And so in practical ways, when practical needs arise, we care for them. That could be emotionally, that could be you know, physical needs, provisions. It is horrific to me when you know that a parent has spent their life sacrificing for, providing for, working for their child, that their child uh, you know, would not be where they are today without the sacrifices of their parents. And then when that parent gets older, when that parent is less physically capable or their you know, retirement fund is starting to run out or you know, all these things, which by the way, the retirement fund would be a lot bigger without you. I'm just saying, you cost a lot of money growing up. <laughs> uh, so that, that happens and the child says, well, they're grownups, they can take care of themselves. They're not my responsibility, they're my parents. No, they really are your responsibility. They really are. Um, I wrote it down. I can't find it in my notes. But Jesus actually condemned the Pharisees for this. He did. The, the Pharisees had a loophole to keep from taking care of their parents when their parents got older. They could say, oh, sorry, I can't help you because this money has been dedicated to God. You know what Jesus said? You hypocrites. You hypocrites, how dare you take this command of God and make a little loophole around it and call it designated for God? That is ridiculous. I mean, that's Jesus talking, you know, that he thinks is ridiculous, and I think it is too. And I, by the way, have seen so many of you do this so well. It has been big for my heart to watch you have such compassion for your parents and to show great care for them, sacrificial care for them. And I just want to tell you, those who have been doing that, those who have done it in the past, that was hugely, hugely honoring to your parents, and that was hugely honoring to God the way you did that. And so I would commend the same thing to us. I, again, I don't know um, what phase of, of life and relationship you are with your parents, but it is honoring to them. It is a part of honor to have this attitude of compassion that leads to actions of care. But I do have one final attitude and action that, that I want to give today, and that is this, grace, an attitude of grace that leads to the action of forgiveness. Again, I, I don't want to make light of what happened in your past. I don't want to make light of what your parents did, who they were, or maybe they still are, their failures, their sins against you. I don't want to make light of that. But to hold on to bitterness, to hold on to our anger against them, to ignore them because of what they've done to you, to treat them badly because of what they've done to you, is focusing 
on your so-called rights, not your responsibility before God. Some of us forget that, that commands like this one apply to our parents as well. Colossians 3, 12 to 13, put on then as God's chosen ones, that means Christians, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. What does that mean? Bearing with one another means sometimes people are hard. Sometimes people are annoying and we bear with them. We are, we are patient with them. We don't treat them like a nuisance. That's bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against, against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Do you hear the responsibility there? It doesn't say, and if someone has hurt you, then, then bottle it up, treat them badly. You know, uh, don't, that means you cannot obey the, the commands of God. No, it, it gives the responsibility. When someone has sinned against you, you must forgive. You must have an attitude of grace. Grace is not earned, is it? That, that is the opposite of the definition of grace. Grace is a free, undeserved gift. So that's that attitude that you should have of like, people don't have to earn things from me. And then you have that translates into an action of forgiveness. Again, forgiveness is not earned. It is saying, I will not uh, punish you as you deserve. This is a gift from you. And this is our responsibility to extend grace and forgiveness, not because your parents deserve it, because, but because God demands it, God commands it. This is the attitude. This is uh, the actions that flow from a loving relationship with God, one where you honor him and obey him that must translate into our attitudes and actions with our parents. Eric, you can go ahead and, and come up here. I, I just want Eric to share uh, a very recent story of, of what God has been doing in his life. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you fill in the rest. I don't want to. There you go. Certainly a lot more of you than I thought there'd be here. <clears throat> Honor your father and mother. When I asked those attending the weekly prayer meeting last November to pray for me about this commandment, I did not think I would be standing up here about to tell you all about it. First, a little history. I was born in New York City in 1956. I have two younger brothers and two younger sisters. Our family was dysfunctional. We didn't know. When we were kids, that word hadn't been invented yet. We didn't think we had a bad childhood. <clears throat> we played with our friends. We went to school and church each Sunday. My father drank too much. He yelled a lot and wasn't afraid to get physical. I'll leave that there. My father also volunteered as a paramedic on an ambulance in his spare time. Long story short, he got saved in the back of an ambulance delivering a baby. 
funny the ways God gets our attention. His conversion was real. He read his Bible over and over. He stopped drinking, yelling, and never got physical again. About a year later, Dad was diagnosed with cancer. The doctors gave him six months. God gave him a year. He spent that year racing the calendar, trying to get all of us saved. Mostly, he just drove us off. He was 45 when he died. I was 22. My mother was a widow at 45 with a 12-year-old son, my youngest brother. My mother was a difficult woman, to say it nicely. I blamed her for dad's shortcomings and plenty of other things. My mother and I clashed on almost everything. Judy did try to help me have a forgiving heart. We had little to do with my mother over the years, calls on holidays, cards for birthdays. There were visits from her to our home, and we went to her home on Long Island for visits when our children were younger. My mother had been in an assisted living facility in Florida for the past six years. Living in Maine made it easy for me not to visit her. It's too far. Then God put us in Georgia. Great. Judy and our grown children tried to persuade me to go see my mother over the past few years. Most of you know that we were caring for Judy's dad and mom in our home. So that became my next excuse. My mother's health declined this past summer. She was almost 90. All my brothers and sisters and their families went to Florida during October and November to have one last visit. During prayer meeting one evening in November, I told those present I needed prayer because my mother was dying and I was having trouble forgiving her completely. They prayed for me and after we were done, I called my mother and asked her to forgive me for not visiting her. She asked me to forgive her for things she did. So we forgave each other. There, that settles that, or does it? I still could not go visit her because in the beginning of December, Judy's dad started to fail quickly. Dad went to heaven on December 11th. Our children and grandchildren were here to help in any way they could the last five days. After they left that Sunday evening, our son Mike called and said he would take me to see my mother in Florida. I was lining up my excuses when Mike said, Dad, all your excuses are gone. I said I would go, and I thanked him. I figured I would enjoy spending three days with our son and maybe figure out what to say to my mother. I know. I'll make sure she understands the gospel. After all, I do that with people I don't even know. Why not my own mother? We had a great trip. I enjoyed conversation with Mike. The next day, we went to see my mother. I had never seen her so weak and vulnerable. She had not lost anything off her fastball, though. She was quick-witted and sharp. I asked Mike to give us some time alone. When he stepped out for a few minutes, I just said, Mom, Dad understood the gospel. Do you? Her reply really surprised me. She assured me, that her and dad had many long talks about salvation during the sleepless nights that last year. Then she said something I really wasn't ready for. 
She thanked me for having the courage to ask her about it. It was the best visit we ever had. Mom went to heaven two days later, on December 23rd, and I actually cried. God was not going to let me miss the last opportunity I had to honor him by honoring my mom. He made sure I went, excuse me, he, went, he made sure I went and mended a relationship as only he was able. I'm truly thankful for the way that God corrected my disobedience. Honor your father and mother. Thank you for that, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get one. His exact words, if I, if I remember correctly, was, guys, I need you to pray for me. My mother is dying and I don't care. He went from that to a man who's calling his mom, asking for forgiveness, extending forgiveness, then traveling down to talk with her, make sure her soul is right, but then also that their relationship is right. I have never gotten to witness with my own eyes and ears uh, such a vast transformation in a person's relationship with their parent so quickly. And not only that, it was right before his mother died. And those were things we even talked about in the prayer meeting. He's like, I, I'm, I'm afraid that she will die and then I will look back and regret, and God honored, hear me, God honored his willingness to honor his mom who he felt no respect for. But he walked away with a newfound respect, didn't you? I mean, and, and a newfound love and compassion. Uh, like he said, he cried, he cared because he walked in obedience to God, even towards a mother who, who he did not feel deserved such honor or forgiveness. And this leads me to my final point that I just want to, to wrap up on. Honoring parents is about honoring God. That's what it's ultimately about. That's what Eric did. He humbled himself before his mom who had treated him so badly. But really what he was doing was humbling himself under God. Because God had given the command. He honored his mom whom he felt did not deserve honor. But really he was honoring God and, and this is not only an honoring that, that he experienced and that he expressed, it's an, an honoring of God that is now happening in our hearts. Why? Because he walked in obedience to honor his father and in this story, his mother. By him honoring his mother, God is now more honored in my heart because of seeing that transformation. And that's what God can do in your life. That's what God can do in your family. That's what God can do in your household, that he can do it. I get that it's scary. I get that our pride doesn't wanna do it. Humility hurts, it's no fun, but it is the path to the deepest possible joy in God. It is the path to showing the vastness of God's glory, to put it on display for all the world to see, and at the very least for our families to see. Again, I know some of you had great parents and praise God for that. I hope you honor them uh, with great vigor today, but some of you did not. And I want to encourage you today that the command still applies to you. And the command is not for your harm, it is for your good. 
And God can both honor you as you honor your parents. There was a promise with this command. You remember that? That it may go well with you, that you live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. God wants to bless you and your obedience to this command, even as he displays his own glory. And I pray that you will walk in obedience to this command. I pray that you will make that change. I mean, it could be decades, some of you have, uh, these grudges, that, that you can extend this grace and forgiveness to your parents and show them this honor out of honor and obedience to God. Let's pray. Father God, we are so thankful for your word. And while we know it to be true, apart from our experiences, it is an amazing thing to have testimonies like that of Eric. And I know there are others, even this congregation, who have um, similar testimonies of, of you changing their attitude and, and you doing beautiful things through their obedience to this command to honor father and mother. God, would you help us to humble ourselves before you? And that means humbling ourselves before the parents that you have given us. Lord, whatever it looks like to honor them, and today, especially our mothers on this wonderful Mother's Day, Lord, whatever that looks like, give us the courage, give us the, the compassion, give us the desire to honor them as an expression of honor to you, God that our families might benefit from it, that we might be filled with joy even as you are worshiped and glorified. I pray you would do this in the name of Jesus, our Savior, who takes away all these sins, our parenting failures, as well as our child being their children failures, Lord. Thank you so much for the cross. I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. The word of God is good. Amen. Let's stand together.